Greetings, aficionados of the arcane and navigators of nocturnal narratives. You've traversed the shadowy veil of the otherworldly and arrived at the entrance of our seventh episode of Fireside Folklore with Hades. This is the podcast where we stir the embers of ancient tales and eerie folklore, reverberating and resonating from the farthest reaches of the world. Steering you through these entrancing narratives, I persist as your supernatural host, Hades, the sovereign of the underworld, your sentinel of secrets, and the maestro of the macabre. Accompanying me on this spectral journey are my esteemed co-hosts, my luminous life partner, Persephone, the goddess of spring, whose radiance outshines even the most resplendent Southern Cross. And indeed, our insightful nephew, Hermes, the herald of the gods and indispensable to me, the psychopomp. No need to tremble at the sound of that term. Hermes is fundamentally our spectral guide, shepherding souls between realms and aiding us through these captivating chronicles. Tonight, we embark on an excursion, delving deep into the heart of Australia to excavate the chilling tale of Devil's Pool. So gather around, let the hypnotic flicker of the firelight cast eerie shadows and steel yourselves for a thrilling journey into the domain of whispered secrets and haunting folklore. Friends, let the storytelling begin. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be here tonight with you as we listen to the legend of Devil's Pool. My love, before we begin... Would you enlighten our listeners about the differences between myths, legends, fairy tales, and folk tales? Certainly, my dear. Myths are stories which have sprung up from a culture's beliefs, and they often explain how or why things came to be. For example, the story of Noah's Ark and how God told him to take two of each type of animal on board to survive the Great Flood, or how Zeus's creation of Pandora and her subsequent opening of the box led to evils and strife or the story of how mummification came to be from Egyptian lore that we told last week are all examples of myths. They don't have to involve deities or magic, but they do need to originate from a group of people and their beliefs. A legend, on the other hand, is based on a person who actually existed in history, such as King Arthur, Count Dracula, or Robin Hood. There are many stories surrounding these iconic figures, and they may contain some facts about the lives they led but there will also be exaggerations present to make it much more riveting to listen to. A fairy tale is a story that contains some magical elements such as witches, talking animals, or fairies. It may or may not aim to teach a lesson. If you've ever listened to Hansel and Gretel, Cinderella, or Beauty and the Beast, then you are no stranger to the fairy tale. Finally, the folk tale, or tall tale, as it is often called, is based on a historical time period but isn't based on any one person and includes some spectacular feats. Sometimes it can feature talking animals without magical elements and is told as though it were true. Examples of tall tales include Paul Bunyan and his sidekick Babe the Blue Ox, Anansi the Spider, and Br'er Rabbit. Wow, I didn't realize there were so many types of stories. I hope we get to explore them all as we continue our journey on this podcast. What about urban legends, brother? Don't get me started on those. Now, Hermes, if you please, what fun facts about Australia did you manage to dig up for our listeners? Let's see here. Here we go. One, Australia, the land down under, holds a unique distinction. It's not just a country, but also a continent. With a total land area of nearly 3 million square miles, Australia is the sixth largest country in the world. Yet it is the smallest continent, being isolated and surrounded completely by water. This gives Australia the special honor of being both a sovereign nation and a continental landmass. 
Unlike other countries located on continents that house multiple nations, Australia occupies an entire continent all on its own. From the red sand deserts to the Great Barrier Reef, Australia contains wildly diverse landscapes and ecosystems within its massive island continent. Being both a country and a continent gives Australia a one-of-a-kind national identity. Two, now you might have heard about kangaroos and koalas, but did you know they're exclusive residents of Australia? Kangaroos, koalas, and wallabies are all marsupials that are endemic only to Australia, meaning they live nowhere else in the wild on Earth. Picture this. A red kangaroo gracefully hopping through the rust-colored outback, a sleepy koala chewing on eucalyptus leaves high up in a eucalypt tree, and a dainty wallaby bouncing through dense bushland. These quintessential Australian animals inhabit a variety of habitats across the continent, from woodlands to grasslands, but they can only be found in their natural state here in Australia, making them special native wildlife. It's like an exclusive VIP club with membership limited to those born on Aussie soil. 3. Let's dive underwater for our next fact. Nestled off the coast of Queensland, the Great Barrier Reef sprawls out as the largest coral reef system in the world. It's a massive 1,400-mile-long ecosystem filled with living corals, fish, mollusks, and more. This intricate underwater world faces real threats from climate change, pollution, and human activity. Protecting the reef requires action at global and local levels, from individuals to governments. We all must work to reduce emissions, plastic waste, and unsustainable practices that degrade our oceans. With care and conservation, future generations can enjoy the beauty and biodiversity of natural wonders like the Great Barrier Reef. Thank you, Hermes. Now we are doing something tonight which we haven't done before, listeners. Most of our podcast is focused on myths and fairy tales which took place many, many years ago. Tonight we are telling a story about a location in Australia which still exists today and is still said to be haunted. This is one of the most hauntingly beautiful yet dangerous places in all of Australia, in fact. A place where many souls have met their end under mysterious circumstances. This nightmarish locale goes by the name of Devil's Pool. Situated deep in the rainforest of North Queensland, Devil's Pool lies at the base of three converging streams that rush through the Babinda boulders. Though gorgeous to behold with crystal-clear waters that invite swimmers to take a dip, Devil's Pool hides a dark secret. It has claimed at least 17 lives over the years. Most of the victims have been young men lured into the swirling waters, never to emerge again. Their bodies are inevitably found later, trapped underneath logs and rocks. Some locals believe the pool is cursed by a grief-stricken female ghost, still searching for her lost lover after all these years. Others say there is a natural explanation for the many drownings, like slippery rocks and unpredictable currents. But one thing's for sure. Devil's Pool has earned its demonic moniker. The water runs so fast that it's almost impossible to stay afloat. Locals have even nicknamed one spot the washing machine because of its churning, spinning motion. Once caught in its grasp, the water quickly drags swimmers under and keeps them there. Even experienced divers on rescue missions have nearly met their doom in Devil's Pool. For tonight's legend, we will be joined by Demeter playing the role of our haunting Ulana, Dionysus playing her young lover Diga, Ares playing the role of Warunu, and Artemis and Apollo playing the roles of unnamed tribespeople. Many years ago, there lived a young woman named Ulana. She was a member of the Indinji tribe, and she was one of the prettiest young women in the village. When she came of age to marry, her parents married her off to one of the respected elders named Warunu. He is so much older than I am. We have nothing in common. I know I should be happy, but I just feel alone. 
Several months after her marriage, another tribe moved into the area. While foraging for berries in the nearby woods, Ulana ran into one of its members. Oh, who are you and what are you doing here? I'm so sorry, miss. I didn't mean to startle you. I am Diga, and I have moved into the area near the Babinda boulders. Oh, I see. It's nice to meet you, Diga. My name is Ulana. I live in the village just over the hill. It's a pleasure to meet you too, Ulana. I'm still getting to know this area. Perhaps you could show me around sometime. The forest is so beautiful here. I would enjoy that. It can get lonely in the village sometimes. My husband, Warunu, is often away. I know that feeling. My tribe moved here to find better hunting, so I don't know many people yet. A walk in the woods would be nice. Wonderful. Let's meet here again tomorrow and I can show you the path to the waterfalls. They are so lovely this time of year. It's a plan, then. I look forward to our walk, Ulana. See you tomorrow. See you then, Diga. Goodbye for now. Each day afterwards, Ulana and Diga met in secret out in the forest. She pretended to be foraging for food while he told his people he was hunting. There came a point when Warunu began growing suspicious. Ulana, you've been spending more and more time gathering food in the forest lately. Yet you return with barely anything to show for it. Oh well, you see the animals have eaten all of the berries. I have to go deeper into the woods to find good spots. I think there is more to this than you are telling me. You are my wife and I expect honesty from you. Tell me, is there another man? No, of course not, Warunu. I would never betray you that way. I want to believe you, Ulana, but I can't shake this feeling you are hiding something. It's no secret that you were unhappy to marry me because of our age difference. The next time you go into the forest, I shall accompany you. Though Ulana wanted to protest, she knew that doing so would only make things worse. So she reluctantly agreed, and Warunu began accompanying her into the forest on the fly, as he hoped to catch her doing something untoward. However, after a few months without spotting another man, Warunu decided that he must have been mistaken and had overreacted. I am sorry, Ulana, my dear. I was worried because you were going to the forest quite often and you were acting very strangely. I suppose that you haven't been seeing another man after all. Still, Ulana knew that she couldn't continue the charade of looking for berries or being a happy and loyal wife for much longer. So she and Diga hatched a plan. My love, we shall run away and make our own life and tribe. Together we will be able to survive in the wilderness and forge a path of love and triumph. I agree, Ulana. I cannot bear this secret anymore. We must be together without fear and without hiding. Let's plan our escape for tomorrow night, once everyone is asleep. And so under the cover of darkness, Ulana and Diga ran away. But their absence did not go unnoticed. The tribespeople soon discovered their disappearance and a search party was sent out. They're gone. They've run off. Bring the torches. We must find them. They traced the couple's steps to the edge of a creek where they lost the trail. As they searched, they had no idea that Ulana and Diga were watching them from the other side of the water. They're getting closer. We must go further into the forest. I fear we cannot outrun them forever, Diga. The spirits of the water must help us. Ulana, filled with desperation, threw herself into the water, believing the spirits would claim her life and allow Diga to escape. But instead of taking her, the water spirits seized Diga pulling him into the depths. Ulana, help me! No, Diga! But it was too late. Diga was gone. Overwhelmed with grief, Ulana drowned herself in the same water, hoping to be reunited with her lover. Oh, that's so heart-wrenching. What happened next? 
Well, the tribe's people, upon discovering their bodies, were filled with remorse. They believed that Ulana's spirit had been transformed into the water spirit of Devil's Pool, forever searching for her lost lover. Luring young men to their deaths in her desperate quest to be reunited with her lost love. And to this day, the locals say you can hear her calls echoing through the forest, whispering in the wind, urging you to join her in her eternal search. If you ever find yourself near the Babinda boulders by Devil's Pool, don't go in, no matter how tempting it may be to go for a swim. After that spooky tale, I think it's time for something comforting and sweet that I can enjoy with friends. So today, we'll be making Anzac biscuits with macadamia nuts. This is a twist on the classic which came to be during World War I, when wives sent their men these biscuits overseas due to the hearty nature of the ingredients contained within them. And for those of you that are curious, Anzac stands for Australia and New Zealand Army Corps. All right, now here's how to make these yummy biscuits. Here's what you'll need. 94 grams, 3 fourths cup, plain flour. 135 grams, 1 and 1 half cups, rolled oats. 150 grams, 3 fourths cup, sugar. 47 grams, 1 half cup, desiccated coconut. This is just fancy shredded coconut. 100 grams, 3.5 ounces, macadamia nuts, chopped. These nuts are native to Australia. 125 grams, 1 half cup or 1 stick of butter. 4 tablespoons golden syrup. This is a thick amber-colored type of syrup. 1 teaspoon baking soda. 2 tablespoons boiling water. Here are the instructions. 1. Preheat your oven to 180 degrees Celsius. That's 350 degrees Fahrenheit for us. Prepare two baking sheets by lining them with baking paper and set them aside. 2. In a bowl, let's mix together the oats, sugar, flour, and coconut. It's like a mini beach party in a bowl. 3. Now the fun part. In a small saucepan, have an adult heat up the golden syrup and butter until they're melted together. Be careful, it might be hot. 4. Add the boiling water to the baking soda and watch it dissolve. It's like a mini science experiment. 5. Pour your dissolved baking soda into the golden syrup mix. Watch it foam up. Once it does, pour it into your beach party oat mix. Stir it all together and then mix in the chopped macadamia nuts. 6. Roll your dough into small balls and place them about 3 centimeters or 1 inch apart on the baking trays. Flatten them slightly with the back of a spoon. 7. Bake for 15 to 20 minutes until they're slightly golden. Then transfer to a rack and let them cool. And there you have it, macadamia Anzac biscuits. They might look a bit paler than traditional Anzac biscuits because we're using white sugar instead of brown. If you like your cookies extra crunchy, try toasting the nuts before you add them in. If you have any questions or would like to share pictures of your delicious creations with us, feel free to email me at persephone at firesidefolklorewithhades.com. Happy baking, everyone! Well, those definitely sound delicious. Now, Brother Zeus, what have you got for us today? Which hapless company did you convince to sponsor our podcast? Well, brother, today we are being sponsored by Olympus Outdoor, makers of Poseidon's Rage Raft. Introducing the Poseidon's Rage Raft from Olympus Outdoor. When the sea god stirs up a storm, take refuge on Poseidon's Rage Raft. This massive inflatable watercraft is shaped like Poseidon's mighty trident. Its wide, sturdy construction keeps you floating high above churning waves and crashing surf. We've tested it in the roughest seas and most turbulent conditions to ensure it can withstand anything Poseidon throws your way. 
The heavy-duty raft material is crafted from the woven hair of Amphitrite's immortal mermaids, guaranteeing it will never pop or sink, even in the washing machine rapids of Devil's Pool. Three seating areas provide space for you and two friends to ride out tempests in comfort. Multiple handles allow everyone to hold on tight, no matter how much Poseidon rages. So don't be caught dead in Poseidon's wake. Get the only raft guaranteed to keep you safe, even in the sea god's most violent outbursts. Available for a limited time from Olympus Outdoor. Suppliers of mythically durable outdoor gear. Hmm, I might need to get one sometime. Last time I tried rafting down the Phlegathon, I nearly burned myself when my raft capsized. All right, how about that lightning round? Have you got any questions to make our listeners think? I'm not sure about the making them think part, but I've got three questions about this show they can answer for a chance to win a $25 gift card to Aussie Food Express. To participate in this lightning round, email me at Zeus at firesidefolklorewithhades.com and put Zeus's Lightning Round Episode 7 in the subject line. If you'd like us to announce your name in a future episode, then please also include your first name and where you're listening from. Ready for the questions? Let's go. 1. Name a marsupial that is native to Australia. 2. There is a section of Devil's Pool known for its spinning and churning motions. What have locals nicknamed it? 3. How did Anzac Biscuits come to be? Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to the legend of Devil's Pool. We thank you for joining us on this haunted journey. Next week, in honor of Veterans Day, we'll be taking a trip to Hungary to tell the story of the lucky soldier. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Stay curious.